You're listening to You Can Tell Us, a podcast on which we will explore different psychosocial issues in the Maldives and in Asia. Tonight, Raya and I will be discussing, talking about a little bit on the topic of FOMO, or fear of missing out, and essentially sometimes feeling really lonely in a hyper-connected world. Yeah. Yeah. So before I guess we dive into our take on the matter, I think it would be fair to define what fear of missing out essentially is. Yes. So former and like Lean said, fear of missing out, it describes the the fear or the anxiety that we might feel if we see that some others, maybe our friends, are having a really cool experience. They're doing something fun and you're not there with them, right? Yeah, precisely. Like they're probably watching this stuff on Instagram or TikTok and then feel like they're having a really wonderful time and then we essentially feel like we don't belong to the group and we don't really have a place in that moment and I guess that's where the word fear comes from because human beings naturally are pushed to seek human connection and we literally thrive off of feeling like we belong in a community and having a support system and seeing people that we care about uh, or like seeing acquaintances or classmates have fun essentially is a description of how you don't belong a little bit yeah and I think FOMO is a very special kind of anxiety kind of which grabs you by the throat kind of. Yeah, it definitely is. Very all-encompassing. Like that's the only thing you're going to be thinking about and the only thing you'll be prioritizing at the time. Yeah. It's it's sort of like uh like it's like a this negative feedback cycle, right? Like uh, you get on social media to feel more connected and then you feel this really horrible anxiety creeping in and you can't pull yourself away from still engaging in like watching what other people are doing and then you feel worse again but then you have to go and look at it again you never like you never break the cycle and you're right it's a very specific type of anxiety and it's really ironic because uh, initially social media and technology in general though we've always praised it for making us more connected to other people and allowing us to see what other people have been doing in their daily lives like a glimpse into the mundane of other people's lives yeah. so once we start seeing all those details it's funny how we right that we feel that we should be involved yeah. yeah, I think I did, like there's a little bit of a misconception with the idea of the fact that we are, whether we're actually seeing like the mundane details of people's lives or not, right? Right, exactly. Like it's extremely curated though, whether, we, whether it looks like it or not. Yeah, you think that this is a day in their lives, but obviously it's for the sake of like them a lot of the times making money because they are content creators in some cases. In other cases, like it's a way of showing to the world that you have a place and you're doing well. It's a little bit of like a like a brag show. So 
it's it's not real, but then we are pulled into believing it is because it's very convincing. Yeah. Hmm. What you said about the fact, the irony of social media, like being created to connect in the first place is, is so bizarre to me now. Like, like now when I, and I think of social media and I, I go on my Instagram, for example, I immediately feel like the anxiety of not doing enough, not connecting enough, of missing out on things that I could be doing. It's always like this idea of not being enough. And it's the least connected that I usually feel in the day. Yeah. And yeah, that's an important point you said. It's not necessarily related to fun things as well. It can be very much achievement related. So like, see, if we're at the age where like people are starting out in their careers, right? Yeah. Or they're finishing up their education, something like that. Uh, it feels, it might feel difficult for us to see someone who's apparently really successful in their career yeah you're just starting out for example yeah right yeah and it doesn't take into account right like what kind of resources the person has and what you what you don't have it doesn't acknowledge like the reality of the situation like a lot of the times this is I guess more specific to like success it's very arbitrary in many ways but I think when we see it on media it's just it's just a face that you're familiar with and the idea that they are doing better than you, no matter what the underlying factors were. So There's all that knowledge gap, right? Like we do not know what's going on like behind the scenes most of the time. Yeah. And any of the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And our brain just fills in the gaps, which makes us even more like, it's usually like not the, not the way it really is. Yeah. But the brain fills in the gaps in a way that makes us feel even worse. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. Like, I can't tell you the number of times that my brain has filled in gaps without me even realizing. Because I think it happens while I like subconsciously, you just connect the dots, right? Like, yes. yeah, it's just like, oh, this person seems to be going Mivanikanaka. Like, sorry, just spoken Mivanikanaka. But um, this person might be going to a specific place in this time of the day, or presumably they're on their way to work. And presumably if they're on their way to work, it means they're doing really well in their life. And oh, look at me, I've not gotten there yet. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just a horrible, it's a horrible cycle like that your brain engages in. But I guess like the point that we were trying to make in the beginning was the fact that it isn't like, primarily about the idea of like us feeling not enough but it's also very primarily about like the idea of this feeling of not being enough then making us feel disconnected it's sort of like if everyone's doing well if everyone's seemingly doing well do you feel okay enough to actually talk about the fact that maybe you're not doing well you know like are there people to reach out to anymore is the feeling of being lonely just too permeating right yeah and like to be real no one is really showing the the bad side of what could be happening some people do which is really brave yeah that's true that's true we shouldn't not acknowledge the fact that there are people out there who actually show right 
the real side of the situation. Yeah. It is really brave, to be honest. I, I, I don't think I could do that. Right. Because again, oversharing, oh, what's considered as oversharing. Like if you share something that's uh, negative, like something negative about your life, a lot of times it's considered oversharing. And then it's like, oh, no one, we, we didn't need to hear that. Why is this person talking about that? Right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's also seen as like a way of like seeking attention. I think if you talk about things that are upsetting, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's like a it's so strange. It's just a place where you show the highlight of your life, essentially. Exactly, that's proof. Like, show. I mean, from the reaction that people get out of showing, maybe the negative part of how they're getting to where they are. Uh, that's proof in itself that only the good parts are allowed on the internet. Yeah, it's just on social media. Yeah. I think it's really like it's very refreshing to see people like be honest, right? I think that's sort of what gives me a little bit of hope about the fact that hey, there might be a chance for us to still like be vulnerable and actually connect to some people. But but that is as you said very rightfully, it's a very limited number of people who are brave enough to continue persistently posting about their actual like life and what really matters to them i think it's interesting how like we've begun to sort of undervalue like real connections very subconsciously because of media like it's it's just easier to adopt this idea of hey, if I'm on media and I'm actually like talking to my friends there and I'm seeing what they're doing with their lives, then I'm a part of their life, you know? It's really cheapened the idea of connection. It has, yeah, you're right. But then like there are cases, right? Like uh, say, for example, during the pandemic, there was no other way to keep connected, right? True, true. That's also there, yeah. I guess it's like, it's less of... um, using social media and that directly lowering the kind of connections you have but more of like how you use it as with anything else though like like with you're right in in of in a lot of cases like for example even you and I Raya like we have a long distance friendship I don't think our friendship would like function very well without media like that's kind of like a like a basis of our friendship like this isn't like a criticism of like you know we're not gonna go off the grid and live in the wild we're not that yeah. kind of right <laughs> yeah I like but then the thing is, if I only adopted the idea of, hey, I know about Raya's life because I see her stories and I know about Raya's life because she posts, like, I don't think we would have that much to talk about or hmm. care about even. I think, yeah, I think yeah. you have a point, right? The point is like not seeing it passively, but that you make the connection by telling each other, maybe something like that, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like you put in the effort to actually show that you give a damn, you know? Right. I, I think that's the difference. That's yeah. the point. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think, like, it nurtures this idea of, like, low-maintenance friendships a lot, right? Like, I, oh, I think, you mean, like, it's, oh, you, oh, like, I can just like someone's story or like their picture, and that's the end of it. 
Yeah, and that's the standard for a legit friendship. Mm. What do you think of that? Uh, I don't know. It really bothers me, actually, because I think there, there would have been a version of me in the past that probably thought that the fact that I'm on someone's like close friend story, maybe when I was like, I don't know, 19 or something, it it means something quite like it 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 was of value to me yeah though but now the older I get it's more like the people that I have on my close friend story are people that I feel okay enough to be somewhat vulnerable with but then my true colors of vulnerability never show up until I'm actually having one-on-one conversations or having like small group chats you know yeah 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 I get it yeah life doesn't exist on like a close friends list story so life exists like I mean, friendship and connection exist on a border like when you're calling or when you are texting one-on-one or you're having a real-life conversation with one person or a small group of friends. It doesn't even have to be talking, actually. You could be, like, doing something online together, right? That's true. That's a like, very good point. Or, like, watching a Yeah. Why don't we talk about what uh, FOMO can lead to? in like impressionable people like young people that's a that's a solid point actually hmm i think definitely the, peer pressure yeah yeah very much so yes uh, because you've got all sorts of things that you that you see on media and then you want to maybe even engage in the same behavior although you are actually not particularly invested in it and this could look like quite crazy things for teenagers right yeah yeah i would say these days maybe there's two types of formal there's the one that uh the people you know in real life what they're doing what you see them doing and then there's what other people your age might be doing that you're seeing on social media they don't need to be from the same country or anything you're just seeing it on tiktok on youtube on instagram anything right yeah yeah true very true that's a good categorization actually yeah i I think this these would have like different results because of the type of form it causes i think the the personal one the, the one with your friends maybe you're not allowed to go out Maybe yeah. your friends are having fun outside. Yeah. That feels a bit more drastic and more urgent, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, you you feel the need to act on it immediately. Yeah, that's true. Because, I mean, technically speaking, like, probably the people that you have on your friends list, on your media, are your classmates, if you're, like, a teenager, right? Or people that you know from, like, uh, tuitions or, like, uh, different other, like, I don't know social stuff like clubs or something right at least that's who I remember having on my social media when I was like a teenager you know like my classmates and people I knew from tuition uh yeah and then I feel like there's the other type um, a more distant type of formal maybe where it's like trend based or very much uh how do I say it doesn't have to be trend but it's just something that everyone seems to be doing like for example Spotify wrapped yeah like, I look forward to too. like I look forward to the rap too but every time it's like oh so you don't use Spotify like like yeah people, people will say this at other people who don't use Spotify for example yeah which is so sad and so awful <laughs> it's like who doesn't have Spotify like people yeah are- yeah <laughs> precisely 
<laughs> to be honest, right? I uh, I personally feel like my own. I think it's also valuable to talk a little bit about our own experiences with formal, in the sense that like when you're a teenager, like because your sense of identity, in a sense, comes from like the people around you a lot because you're yeah. figuring out who who your identity is i think it's it becomes quite valuable to you to want to fit in so mm. it it makes perfect sense why people who are younger generally feel like this anxiety when it comes to you know like not being part of the group because that's how you're being defined like some maybe somewhere in your head your brain thinks that you are a loner and you are isolated and you don't have friends because of this perceived idea that you are not part of this group like group a that i mentioned that's doing something and that group would most likely be a part of this group b idea where they are following trends all over the world right most likely, your friends who are on media and showing, like, I don't know what their daily lives are, probably engaged in these trends that we talk about. So it's like a double isolation. And I don't know, I just... And not to mention that the trend cycle, like, a lot of people have talk about, talked about it, though. But yeah. the trend cycle, like, is going extremely fast. Like, yeah. It doesn't even make any sense. Like, look at the Stanley maybe, Cup. Maybe not to us. Like, we're not, like, 15 anymore. Like, it maybe it just doesn't make sense to us. <laughs> maybe not. But I also think, like, it's... The, the reason why I say, like, it, it, why I sound frustrated when I talk about this is because I think it's, like, a... It's a thing that that social media does. The algorithm does purposefully to make money off of younger people. Like... It it purposefully puts it out there. So it's priming your brain to think that you need these things in order to feel like you're valuable or accepted. And yeah, we don't remember what it's like to be 15 anymore at all. Like, but it's easy to imagine that like these kids are buying into these things and not through their own fault, but more of because what it shows in terms of what gives you satisfaction, right? Like, I remember like, Sorry, I'm switching to Bieber here again. Um, the 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 limit that we have in terms of being satisfied seems to be getting like the like shorter and shorter, like our attention span these days. Like nothing ever seems to be sort of enough. Like yeah, yeah like I think it's it's a capitalism thing that social media adopted, right? Which is where trends come from. Yes. Which is, <laughs> it all know. comes back to that. Yeah. Yeah. It really makes me angry, to be honest. Like, the fact that uh, the business marketing model essentially takes advantage of today's youth. Like, and they are, like, the richness they might get from life, you know? It's it's always about, I feel like, trends are often about the things that you can have, right? Like, and that really depends on your economic status as well. And the the fact that there are kids out there who probably can't afford to hop on trends are probably feeling this like fear of missing out even more, I'd imagine. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So I guess it comes back down to the fact that like this horrible model really like leads teens generally to 
number one engage in stuff that they might not have wanted to even engage in the first place but but they feel pressured to number two they feel super lonely and this loneliness i mean research literally shows that it can lead to a host of mental health issues like the anxiety that you mentioned causes clinical anxiety apparently according to a lot of papers causes depression and the fact that this belongingness has been shown throughout history to like this feeling of belongingness has shown has been shown throughout history to affect your self-esteem like your formal is essentially creating this like hole in you when you're a teenager that is seeking to be filled with like some kind of attention and love which causes a lot of like difficult stuff for you like yeah I feel like this happened to me. It is. It's really hard. I think being a teenager overall, and wow, it's definitely hard. It's so hard. Harder even like it's hard. Like I mean, you know, it's hard when you look back and still think it's hard. Yeah, (laughs) I feel so much like empathy to like the thirteen, fourteen year old versions of us now. Like I feel so sad, and like. Like, I want to hug them sort of feels when I think about those versions of us, you know. And I I really do think that kids these days probably need that sort of affection from probably the adults around them in terms of helping them understand the structures that are causing them to feel this way even more than we might have. Yeah. I think that's a pretty like it's a pretty important point that I think that we've actually gotten to throughout this conversation conversation that I wasn't really expecting, which is that like FOMO is actually like it's it's a societal illness in a sense. Like yeah. yeah. It's this constant desire to be a part of something and never feel satisfied with what you have. And if you grew up feeling like that all the time like you never belong then it's gonna do things to you yeah you'll never be satisfied yeah so I think maybe it's important for us to talk a little bit about like what we can do to actually minimize like Hmm. the fear of missing out and maybe talk about the joy of missing out as well yeah what do you think? What do you think goes into actually us minimizing, even for adolescents and for adults, the fear of missing out? I definitely feel like it's important to focus on the people you know personally, and then you can meet them physically, preferably physically, a, a people that you can have a real connection with rather than focusing on uh, what an acquaintance may post on social media or someone like an influencer someone might post on social media it's way more important to talk to people that you personally know and you know what they're doing with their lives you know mm-hmm. you know the day-to-day you know the real day-to-day behind it yeah what would that look like for like adults these days I feel like it's quite hard like to keep up, right? When you're busy with work, you have other commitments. Yeah. You might have children. Yeah. You might have a family to take care of. Yeah. yeah. It might be difficult like yeah. to keep up with mm-hmm. your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely I- giving them a call 
or like even but it can even happen via text it doesn't need to be physical face to face right yeah it doesn't it's just like we mentioned before as well like that intimacy of the one on one or like a direct conversation with the group right that is not just associated with something you posted yeah i think like i've been pretty uh going off the grid kind of energy with the arguments that i've been giving but mm-hmm. something that i just thought of while you were talking about this was the fact that sometimes the the good side of social media is that i think it can like deepen the friendship if you sort of use it in the right way like because there's so much content that exists out there like for me and our friendship raya like something that makes me care like even more about our friendship is the stuff like the kind of poetry and like tumblr posts that are silly that we share with each other and i read them and i feel connected to you knowing that you like relate you know yeah yeah so i think even that is happening on a pretty one on one basis or like a group chat basis right instead of like me putting it on a story like it always feels less intimate when it's on a story and someone replies as opposed to when you actually send it to them so if you know like people are busy and you're struggling with life i i would definitely say to not undervalue how social media can deepen the friendship as well in a sense yeah but i think it's it's also a lot about realizing that friendships are not that easy as well like i think um i think i said this line before like how social media has cheapened the idea of friendship like i think it's easier for people to feel disconnected because because everything is sort of seen as let me just interact with this and this person will still like you know like be there for me which is perfectly fine i'm not saying it's not like fine to think that but also like the idea of actually showing up and being there for people not substituted for putting in an effort I yeah thank you that's what i was getting at yeah thank you for yeah. putting in words yeah like you can't you, you can't simply just say that that they see your stuff and then that's it you know mm. yeah i think another thing that i would say is pretty valid is probably like shifting the focus when you are like perceiving things on your social media feed right what i mean by that is like does this i think there's also a trend these days actually people talking about jomo i don't know if you heard i've like, never heard of that word in my life oh god i've been seeing it a lot on my feed maybe like it's been curated for me because <laughs> i've been feeling that way <laughs> the joy of missing out <laughs> okay that sounds interesting please elaborate yes like <laughs> I've been seeing like you know how slowing down and like taking life day by day and like connecting with whoever's within your physical world can be super valuable as opposed to like focusing on the stuff that you're missing out on like when you look at your social media feed. And when I see this stuff about life slowing down 
like I don't know why I'm just so I'm just so drawn to the idea and I feel like I when I get that stuff on my feet it actually makes me want to embody it you know yes yeah like I don't know if you you felt this but whenever like I spend too much time like scrolling on my phone I think it's just a general feeling that you don't feel that great when you're done you know like if you're spending hours scrolling through your phone and subconsciously comparing yourself or maybe even like doing this relaxing what may have begun as something that was relaxing could eventually turn out to be something that's really like you know not going well for you in your brain like uh, that feeling for me is just so so frustrating and annoying but like yeah subconsciously my hand just goes and picks up my phone and I'm on Instagram before I know it you know and like remembering that me actually connecting to like my life also means that I have to live my life a little bit without my phone and actually appreciate the world you know this sounds so cheesy and like like very unrealistic I think when I say it like this but I guess what I'm talking about is like valuing being present in the moment and actually like living your life, you know, and not simply being an iPad baby. Yeah. I I, I don't say this to like make anyone like feel bad because at the end of the day, I'm also an iPad baby. But I think it's more of a reminder to myself as well beyond anything else that like maybe the reason why we are feeling so lonely all the time is maybe because we also forget that we are alive and we have our own lives and there are things to experience come. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Does that, does it? It does make sense. Okay. Yeah. So connecting is more than like just staying connected to people i think it's also being connected to the present world yeah there's a lot of joy to be found there which is why i think this sounds so horrible <laughs> jomo things <laughs> comes out yeah okay, jomo is kind of a crazy word i don't want to say it anymore <laughs> yeah i don't want to say it either I think I've also been seeing like Arne, like FOMO, but it's like instead of fear, it's called fun of missing out. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've actually heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think Jomo is uh, maybe just one person or two people I see on my feed saying. <laughs> yeah. So I guess aside from that, what else is there that we can add? To the idea of minimizing like formal mm. uh, I definitely think that the energy we get from formal like some I mean sometimes you get like a push right from the formal to like change something about your life yeah yeah that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing mm. but definitely put that energy into something productive yeah. Sometimes formal could be productive. Um, not all the time, not most of the time, but sometimes it could be. Like, I definitely noticed a big push on social media about uh, staying fit. 
yeah especially after like the pandemic going to the gym i mean i don't know how healthy people's gym habits may be but uh yeah i've definitely seen it have you yeah yeah like you know like the cloying phase uh, from then onwards to even now like generally keeping fit is a pretty trendy thing to do yeah it's a pretty trendy thing to do thank you yeah so it's yeah. not a bad thing is what yeah. doesn't have to be a bad thing it only becomes a bad thing like you said very beautifully like wait <laughs> the substitute you know like to real life yeah i think mean, maybe the type of productivity that comes from fomo it could be like quite toxic as well if we still like lean into like the the comparative part of it though like, you might still be comparing yourselves to others your results to others yeah yeah that, that that's like a topic for like a whole another day yeah it really is it's like the whole it's the whole subtopic the yeah, whole topic. i don't think we have time for that today yeah yeah so i think what we're trying to get at at the end of this is like the fear is not necessarily a bad thing at all mm-hmm. but it it is it is a bad thing when it causes so much anxiety that you can't really function and do the things that's actually important to you maybe what is on media and what other people are doing is not important to you as a person maybe your values lie elsewhere for me for example like i get pretty sucked into um watching productivity like study productivity videos and it makes you know. me yeah <laughs> it makes me think that i should be like doing so much more in order to achieve more but then i realize that my values are not just like becoming like a crazy hard working person it's also to stay connected with my family and to stay fit and to like you know like work more towards in the way of god even you know like being like more connected to him so even though your feed is giving you these supposed values that you somewhat relate to to live up to it doesn't have to be the the only path that you can walk if it's benefiting you in the sense of making you more productive to a certain extent that's great but it shouldn't be driving causing so much anxiety within you that you are neglecting the other parts of your life that you value that your social media doesn't know about yeah yeah exactly yeah and i think it's important for everyone that's listening including yeah. us like i mean including us as well to really reflect on what effect that social media has on them right like it's something i need to think about as well yeah i think that's a that's a great question to probably end this with yeah just like a reminder to ourselves like who are we uh because of social media like how does that influence our behavior? Like, and who are we in spite of social media? Yeah. Yeah. Who are we in spite of it? It doesn't have to be separate answers, actually. Because mm-hmm. most likely it's influenced us in many, many ways. But there are probably also things that don't really change because of it as well. Yeah. So... I think that's pretty much it on the things that I want to say. Raya, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up? That's pretty much it, I think, that I have to say today about FOMO and social media. Okay, great. 
I guess we can just end it on that line of asking ourselves about how we are connecting with the people around us and what kind of influence social media has on us and who we are in spite of it. I hope that whoever's listening enjoyed this episode of uh, You Can Tell Us. We look forward to getting back together for our next episode. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye.